Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And our guest today, Cindy Park, uh, lives in Canada, but she w- grew up in Atlanta and has been kind of all over. And we get to dive into her story today, um, hearing about what makes her the person she is today, um, the events and experiences that she went through in life. And yeah, it's really inspirational. I think the things that she's gone through and things that she's, she does can inspire and motivate all of us. So. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast, and we have a very special guest with us today, coming from the country to our north, um, Canada. Does does Canada have a nickname? The Maple Country? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, we have, we have uh, Miss Cindy Park uh, on the podcast with us today. And I'm, I'm actually really excited for this, Cindy, because uh, when I think about you, I, the one word that comes to mind is adventure. Um, I feel like you're a very adventurous person and your, your personality just exudes um, yeah, just adventure going out and <laughs> venturing forth. So I'm really just excited to hear about your story today. Um, you're coming to us from Canada, but you were, were you born in Atlanta or were no, I was born in Korea. That's right. But you, you grew up in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's how we know each other. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, that's the brief introduction of, of my guest today. But I want you um, to kind of go through your life um, in detail. Because yeah, I think there's just so many interesting things. The little that I know, kind of just from having known you, I think is super interesting. So Thanks. Yeah. Well... Okay, so my name is Cindy Park. Um, my married last name is Jun. That's right. And my Facebook name <laughs> is Cindy Park Ronaldo. And that <laughs> is because um, I was obsessed, like obsessed with all caps, with Cristiano Ronaldo um, at age 15. And I decided to make my Facebook name at age 15, Cindy Park Ronaldo. And it's kind of stuck with me mm. all throughout my years. Um, I was born in South Korea, and we moved to a small little town called Grayson, Georgia, in Gwinnett County. And when we first moved there, I think we were like the first like foreign students that Grayson Elementary has ever had. Mm-hmm. So there was no ESOL, ESL program, and they just didn't know what to do with three foreign kids. They were like, uh, what do we do with you guys? <laughs> uh-huh. But um, I, stay- I was there for my... All my um, secondary education or primary education, hmm. and then wait, wait. after. Before that, though, um, a, a story that I heard at your engagement party came up in mind, uh-huh. and it, this happened before you moved to America, I think. Uh-huh. It's the story of your younger brother's birth. Um, oh yeah! Do you remember the 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 yeah. circumstances around? Oh yeah! <laughs> Can you? So yeah, David kind of. Exp- um, ex- kind of described me as adventurous and I think I've been like that since I was a child since I came out as a baby like "Ah, I'm gonna YOLO and go everywhere so I think because we're all three years apart my sister and I are three years apart and my brother and I are three years apart so when I was three I remember we lived pretty far away from my grandma's house and this is in Korea like in the city and I decided as a three-year-old that I'm gonna go on an adventure by myself to my grandma's house 
So I remember my mom was outside, like having a little picnic with her with her neighborhood friends, and I grabbed like a handful of cherries or something, and I was like, "Oh, this is my snack for like on the road," and I like literally remember like going on crosswalks by myself and made it to my grandma's house. Wow. And during this whole time, as a three-year-old, nobody stopped me. Nobody stopped to like ask me questions. I was just like on my way. I guess I just look so confident in knowing where I'm going. I'm just like do 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 do. So nobody stopped me. So while this is going on, my mom's like, "Where's Cindy?" And they're like looking everywhere. They look at the playground. They look at the house. They look everywhere, I'm like nowhere to be found. I don't know why my grandma didn't call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> But um, my parents were looking for me all day, and then they finally found me at my grandma's house. And then this shock of it um, kind of made my mom have early induced labor. So that's how my brother was born. <laughs> that's that's so amazing to me. And I yeah. think the I, if I were your grandma, I think I wouldn't have called your parents either. I, I think I would assume that they sent you or that yeah. they were like following right behind you or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, yeah, I remember hearing that story, and it just, it, it was no surprise to me at all. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's totally Cindy. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's where my venture began. And then mm-hmm. it continued on, and I went to college at Georgia State, and I loved it so much, bleed blue forever. <laughs> and then while I was in college, I actually joined a sorority called Delta Zeta, and I kind of joined for the social aspects and like, mm-hmm. oh, they do philanthropy. Oh, you have to have a certain GPA. Like, I guess that's some perks, but I was like, yeah, college, social life, whoa. <laughs> so I joined this sorority and it actually gave me a lot more than I could have ever expected. Um, mm. Leadership skill wise, um, academic wise, professional networking wise, everything. Mm. Um, because of that, I, I was able to serve as chapter president, and then I got to travel for the sorority after graduating college as an educational leadership consultant. Basically means like, um, you know how you have like Coke headquarters, yeah. and then there's like different branches everywhere, mm-hmm. and then headquarters like sends like headquarters people to these small branches to make sure that they're running efficiently. Yeah. That was my job. So I was hired by the headquarters of the sorority, and then I go to different universities and make sure that everything's running smoothly. So, can you explain a little bit more about um, the college life? Because, like you say, that you were able to gain leadership skills, networking, uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. So how did how did all that kind of play out? So I would have never expected that, and. Even in high school, I was just like such a free spirit. I just always played sports and I didn't care what anyone thought. And I was like never home because I was always at my friend's house or at practice or something. So when I went to college, which Georgia State was only 40 minutes away, I was like, whatever. This is totally fine. (laughs) Well, first week of college, I'm like crying my eyes out because I'm so homesick. (laughs) I like literally cried. Anytime that anyone said anything about like, like mom or mm. like anything like they can be like rams and that just remind me of grace and rams grace and rams is home and then i would start <laughs> crying and um I, I was so bad i remember um pastor john had to come visit me and like a bunch of like youth group teachers came and visited me because i was just crying all the time <laughs> So I would have never thought that I would have thrived at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I hate college. I'm going home. And I went home Thursday after my last class mm-hmm. and would come back Monday before my 3 p.m. class. I still remember because that wow. was my schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
um, but the sorority really did help me out a lot. Um, mm. They got me out of my shell that I didn't know that I had. And then um, wow. through, yeah, through the sorority, I, they gave me, I guess they saw potential in me that I didn't see. And they gave mm. me like opportunities. Hey, Cindy, why don't you try this chairmanship? Why don't you try this position? Why don't you try that? And next thing you know, I'm like bleeding pink and green, which is like sorority colors. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, Delta Seda. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, because it's a, it's one of the biggest national sororities, mm-hmm. they it came with a lot of opportunities. Um, I went to like Dallas, Texas for a whole leadership academy. I went to Oxford, Ohio for a whole week of just like leadership seminars and like how you can get involved, not only as a sorority woman, but as just like a professional woman in the real world, Mm. so. And I'm sure along with that, it came a lot of friendships as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, my best friends, like half my bridesmaids, Half my bridesmaids were from Grayson, and then the other half were Delta Theta sisters. Wow. wow. So mm-hmm. when you say um, you went to leadership seminars, were they mm-hmm. specifically for uh, leadership within the sorority, or is it just kind of broad? You know, whenever you're in a position of leadership, like these yeah, are the any any they like were that. it was so versatile, and you could double dip mm-hmm. any of those sessions. Like they give you a whole schedule, and you can pick what sessions you want to go to. Like making an imprint on your campus, like that, that would be a session that you can hmm. go to. Or like oh, wow. how philanthropy, how you can go beyond the philanthropy something and hmm. how you can give back more, blah, 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 blah. So. And so then after you graduated college, you, you, it was a job, right? Like you were yeah. like getting paid uh-huh. to go travel the country mm-hmm. and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So t- tell us a little bit about more about that how like your schedule was kind of day to day and so i was very so a typical elc educational leadership consultant travels Mm -hmm. every five days to a different school Mm -hmm. all around the world and that was your typical elc but um i was very fortunate because my boss thought that i would be good as an outreach recruitment person starting new chapters so going going to a whole new campus Mm -hmm. like doing a market research. What kind of students are here? Like, what are they interested in? Like, what are the other sororities on this campus? How is their culture like? Um, Figuring all that out, coming up with a recruitment plan, a marketing strategy, and implementing it. And then once Mm. you implement it, you recruit those women. And we had, like, criteria, like GPA, you know. You basically have to be a good person. Good person, cool girl, like, you know. And then um, once you get a bid which is invitation to be a sorority member, uh, mm-hmm. we had to educate them on like Delta Zeta history. What does it mean to be a Delta Zeta woman? Um, mm-hmm. Because they always um, strive for to be the most premier women's organization on campus. Mm-hmm. So we really educated them on that. On uh, Yeah. So did you, because I remember you didn't miss, did you miss church a lot during those days? Yeah, I was never at church. I was gone for a year. Oh, okay. Okay. Because the the other part of your life that um, I'm trying to fit into the picture here right now in my mind is, Uh I mean, you were a a great leader in our Sugar Kids ministry, right? Our Uh our, uh, kindergarten to 
fifth grade ministry, mm-hmm. you led a lot of the praise stuff. You were a mm-hmm. teacher and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I just wonder, um, were there any transferable skills between those two kind of different parts of your life? Whether it's from, oh, things I learned in Sugar Kids helped me out a lot in my sorority life or things I learned in my sorority life helped me out a lot in Sugar Kids. Mm. Uh, Sugar Kids definitely got me ready for being in front of a lot of people because I had to do presentations. You fly into a campus and it's like, you have like anywhere from 50 to 200 people on cam- uh, in your audience. And it ranges from those college students to like dean of students. Mm, wow. And you have to present in front of them, basically selling your sorority. Like, hey, you should want our sorority on your campus because this is mm-hmm. what we have to offer you. Mm. Um, so Sugar Kids definitely got me prepared for that because in front of kids, you just gotta, there's, no like poker face you just gotta let yourself go and I was the Sugar Kids um, worship leader for four years from from the moment I graduated high school basically all the way to the moment I graduated until I have to leave until I had to leave to be a consultant Mm. and and I remember your personality I mean your just personality all around is very high energy right Mm -hmm. you're very hype as the young kids would say these days (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're very high energy and i always kind of thought that well there's a little bit of your personality that's kind of naturally like that but i also thought that a large reason why you were that way in front of sugar kids children is because kids you know they uh react to to like high energy they, they respond well to high energy uh leadership and presentation right mm-hmm. so did you have to tone that down at all during your ELC days or did you bring that same kind of energy I think I brought the same type of energy wow wow Uh even even if I was in because whether it's children or adults everyone likes positive energy and Mm. I think it's because I was a cheerleader for so long that's right I just like love yeah so I just love bringing people this energy that's like wow like i want to get up and i want to do this like i want to motivate them you know Mm -hmm. that type of thing it's been part of i don't maybe i didn't have it as a child but being in being a cheerleader being uh a sure kids worship leader and then being an elc kind of stuck with me Mm. so yeah I, i want to take it back a little bit then going back to your high school days because there are two things that you mentioned you kind of just briefly glossed over but i think they're huge first is you played sports yes Uh, if i remember correctly it was lacrosse right Mm -hmm. look i play lacrosse i ran track Uh, and and you were also a cheerleader Mm -hmm. um and grayson or how many asians like what would you say (laughs) the percentage of asians that grayson was so if i remember correctly we had a pretty big school Mm -hmm. and our asian percentage that's including like all types of asians yeah was like three percent yeah so yeah it makes me wonder is it because there were so few asians there that you did all these things that i don't know if this is politically correct but like like caucasian people tend to do because you know as a oh yeah for sure i mean that's all i was surrounded by that's all i knew Mm. so when i would come to church and i'm like why aren't you guys playing sports (laughs) why are you guys going to sat hagwon like (laughs) you know like that's all i knew so it was just like my normal Mm. so like Mm -hmm. when you were you know cheerleading and when you were playing sports and things like that did 
like you didn't have any issue with the fact that oh like I'm one of the only Asians on this team or on this squad. Oh yeah, I definitely did. I didn't like show it ever. I didn't mm. talk about it ever and mm. My friends growing up meant well mm-hmm. when they were like, "Oh my gosh, like you're bilingual. Like, can you teach me how to say your name? Like, say my name." And I'm like, "Your name is Cindy. There's no <laughs> changing that. Your name is Cindy, no matter what language." <laughs> yeah. You know, they meant well, but they they you know be brought up in Grayson. Like, there was no diversity. So like, mm. I was the diversity. Mm. So when they'd be like, "Hey, can you teach me how to say pencil in Korean?" I'd be like, "No." Because <laughs> I, I didn't. I felt like I already stood out. I, I already felt like I didn't belong per se. Mm. You know, mm. like I didn't fit in. And then for for you to do that to me, I was like, oh, you're pointing me out even more. Like you're singling right. me out even more. And right. I think I was very sensitive with that mm. growing up. But yeah. other than that, I was fine. Because, <laughs> like, when I hear someone's story that's kind of like that, my initial thought would be to think, oh, I. I I bet that made that person close up even more, right? Being able, like being kind of singled out, you know, you already look different, but people are asking you like different questions and, and, you know, saying, oh, teach me your language and things like that. For me, if it were me in your position, I would definitely like create an even bigger shell and close up even more. Mm. But do you think, what, what do you think the reason for you having kind of like blossomed and opened up? What do you think was there that allowed you to do that i don't think i blossomed up until college i think i did hold a lot back in high school oh. trying to fit in like um mm. uh, this was so bad but you know like when you watch those like growing up korean american like testimonies and they're like my mom couldn't make me kimchi bokumbap she made me sandwiches <laughs> like that's my life like mm. my mom would make us sandwiches because like one time she did make us kimbap which is like korean style sushi for the listeners who don't know. <laughs> um, and I remember people were like, whoa, what's that? I mean, this is before sushi was a thing. Mm-hmm. you know. So they're like, what's that? And I remember being so embarrassed. And like, so like, <gasps> my face turned hot and red. And I was like, oh, it's nothing. And I couldn't eat it. Mm. Even though I wanted to eat it so badly. I was like, this is delicious and I can't eat it. Mm. You know? Um, but later on, my closest high school friends like embraced it and they're like can your mom make it for me like i love it so much and they turned it into positive twist so that was better but in college i actually made like my true first like best friend korean friends Mm -hmm. right a few of them and they they all kind of had the same upbringing as me like growing up in a majority caucasian um communities and i remember going to like eat Korean food for the first time with a friend and I thought it was just mind-blowing because mm. I'm like whoa Korean restaurants is where you go with your family <laughs> like uh, you don't yeah. go with your friends like you go to Chili's or Applebee's with your friends mm. um, so I think um, befriending other like Korean Americans kind of helped me embrace my Korean identity because before I I for sure like suppressed it a lot mm. mm-hmm. so like when when you did all those things that um typical asian americans thinks is more like caucasian right mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm i don't know if that's more american like, per se right more american yeah. right yeah uh, that that was actually you trying to fit in more is it what was it motivated by that 
Yeah, for sure. I felt oh. like I had. Uh, I, I think like a part of me also felt like I always had to prove myself mm. that I'm quote unquote American enough. Right, right. Like deep inside, that's getting deep. I don't think I ever thought about that, but I yeah. think I, that's <laughs> that's what I was doing because I wanted to fit in because I already didn't fit in. Right, right. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's very enlightening. It's a huge <laughs> revelation for me because. Just again, like your personality, I'm sure the listeners can already tell you're very high energy and you're very like you you, you like that ex- energy like exudes from you. Right. So I always thought that you yeah. having done all those activities in high school was just something that you naturally just wanted to do. But maybe there is a part of that in there. But at least another part of it is the fact that you wanted to kind of camouflage right you wanted to just be a part yeah, of yeah like, exactly the i wow. mean like what makes you more quote-unquote american than being a varsity football cheerleader you know like yeah. <laughs> for a like a 5a like number one football program at the time you know yeah, so i was like yeah. i gotta do this and my mom always used to say like you were never really good at any of the sports that you played like you were never like the best you're just like good enough, like <laughs> like inching through, like. <laughs> no, I think um, I, I think your very last game when you you were cheerleading, I think I went, I was there. I think a bunch of the youth group teachers went to. Yeah, y'all watch. came to my lacrosse game because it was at Peachtree Ridge. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. It was something. And yeah. I, I remember thinking, like, wow, Cindy's so athletic. I don't remember <laughs> thinking you weren't good. I, I remember thinking, like, I was surprised by how good you were. Oh, really? So, no, yeah. I don't even know how to, like, hold a lacrosse stick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, then, so, oh, that's that's really uh, insightful. But let's, let's kind of uh, get back on track talking about your college life. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, your, your post-college life. Mm-hmm. You were traveling for, for a year. So, mm-hmm. um, going from, like, looking back, right, while you were traveling, I'm sure you were cognizant of the fact that four years prior to that you were crying because you were 40 minutes away from home so how how did the transformation happen from you being this uh oh, i really want to see my family like i need people to come visit me things like that too i'm totally okay you know traveling the world i'm not going home for what weeks at a time months at a time yeah uh-huh, months at a time so th- one of the things that shocked me about georgia state hmm. was the diversity mm. and i had been in this bubble, in this Grayson bubble my whole life. And my only form of diversity interaction was at church and it was all Koreans, <laughs> you know? Um, so I remember walking through Georgia State on like a Tuesday and Tuesday and Thursdays are like lit at Georgia State campus. Cause that's, it's a commu- it was a huge commuter school back then. So Tuesday mm-hmm. and Thursdays were where most people were on campus. So it's like bustling with people. And I just remember like, it's a rainbow, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the shocks that I was like, I don't know where I fit in. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, mm. like back in Grayson, I had this identity. I had this mold that I, I got so comfortable with in, like being there for like, what, 12, 13 years, whatever that mm. is. And then I go to Georgia State where it's like a whole new playing field. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But being in that environment, oh my gosh, I think that was like the that that is 
God's blessing to me because I remember when I did I didn't want to go to Georgia State. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't. I I I need to go to UGA or I need to go to Georgia Tech or I didn't go to Emory, but I went to Georgia State, <laughs> and you know so. And then, um, but I went and I really thought I was going to transfer after two years, but mm-hmm. there's no way I was leaving that school. Like uh-huh. loved it so much, and it built. It definitely opened my eyes to diversity. It mm-hmm. also, because of my, um, not only was I involved in Delta Zeta, but through the connections to Delta Zeta, I was a tour guide for the school. I was on SGA. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I really branched out. And mm. through every experience, I met more people. Um, I got more confidence in myself. So when it was time for me to pack up my bags and travel the world, I mean, travel mm. the country as a consultant, I was like, easy peasy, I can do it. I didn't cry wow. once. I didn't cry wow. once. Which My dad was actually really worried when I was first leaving. He was like, you're going to freak out and you're going to cry. and You're going to come back like a week from now. And. Um, but I didn't cry once, and I actually only visited like once a semester because you're there for a whole semester, and I only visited mm. like once a semester. Wow! So mm-hmm. the reason why you were able to go from like being homesick all the time to being totally okay is um, you were able to kind of reconcile your own identity, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't have to; you were no longer confined by. Um, what you thought you needed to fit into mm-hmm. at Grayson, mm-hmm. but also you know you, you were equipped, right? Because you mm-hmm. you um, went through all these experiences and you just gained a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's a real like butterfly story, like truly. I, know, I don't think I'm like talking and I'm like, wow, this is me. Like I didn't even know this was <laughs> happening to me. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. That's awesome. Because yeah. um, I think that's really important because um, even people in like late 20s 30s maybe even 40s i think there's a lot of people who don't truly get comfortable with themselves um mm-hmm. and gain that confidence mm-hmm. um but if, if you're one of those people listening to this podcast i really encourage you to branch out um like cindy did to mm-hmm. to get that uh gain that confidence gain mm-hmm. that self-assurance in your identity because that i, I feel like that opens so many doors mm-hmm. and case in point um, although you spent a, a year traveling the country, um, your kind of next journey or adventure in life was going to the other side of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, so I, uh, I caught the infamous travel book, quote-unquote, as they say. <laughs> and mm-hmm. after I traveled for a year, it was, it was so rewarding being an educational leadership consultant, but mm-hmm. I was addicted to my job. Like, even when mm. I go home, I'm just, like, working. Like, because I loved it so much. And mm. I got to a point where, like, I wasn't doing anything but work. Mm. And I was, just, like, eating and, like, not living a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? This is, my dad actually said, you can only do this for a year. Like, uh, get it out of the way. Like, because I was an education major. Um, and, you know, he, he was like, you need to settle down. Like, you need to get a job. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, <laughs> and um, but I was like, I want to yellow. So <laughs> I like took this ESC job. He, I said he can only I can only do it for a year. And I came back and I was like, I want to leave again. <laughs> mm. So I came back. I was done in the summer time, mm-hmm. I think, so, like May or June. And then I left that following January. 
Mm. So like six, seven months later, I prepared everything so I can go teach. In, mm. I was like, finally, I'm using my major. <laughs> and I, so I flew across halfway around the world and became an English teacher in Seoul, South Korea. I was actually mm. in Gangnam. Yeah. Yeah. You guys yeah. know the song, right? Gangnam yeah. Style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so tell us how tell us about that experience because I know a little bit about that because me and my wife right after we got engaged um, we visited Korea and we got to spend a day with you yeah uh, so yeah tell us about your experience teaching uh, English in Korea yeah so I wish I knew I wish what I have the knowledge that I have now I wish I had it back then but I'm also thankful for what happened um, I went through a program called Epic English program in Korea. Mm. and very original right and then um so they basically have two intakes a year they have a winter intake and a fall intake so january is the winter and then fall is like august or something and once you get there you have a week they bring you to like an orientation with all the other teachers that will be in your district Mm. or in your city so that was i was really thankful for that because during those five days you make your best friends Mm. these are my korea best friends you know Mm. and then after the five days everyone's kind of spread out to their own schools Mm. and um i everyone's sent to usually an elementary school but i was sent to a middle school an all girls middle school in kangnam and all it says is like the school name and like all girls kangnam and i was like (gasps) <gasps> because like previously like one of like the lectures that i had one of the teachers like said like oh yeah like korean middle schoolers they're intense mm. they're intense and i was like <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't yeah. have the best um teaching student teaching experience in middle school in the states in georgia because mm. i was also at a atlanta public schools right so it was really hard and that's all i can think of and i was like oh my gosh, this is going to be miserable. How am I supposed to teach them English? And then um, I got there and it was awesome. And the girls are amazing. And I actually, some of the girls, some of my students sang at our wedding. Wow. Mm -hmm. A bunch of my students came actually. Like I want to say like 20 students came or so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure it was really intimidating going in because... If you know about the kind of educational culture in Korea, in South Korea, mm-hmm. um, I mean, even starting early as middle school, they're already inundated with the, you have to get a good education to get a good job, you know, oh my all those gosh, kind of it's things, intense. Right? I mean, there were days where I literally would call my mom and be like, I feel so bad for these girls. I mm. literally want to pick up the school, even the bad ones. I don't care. Let's pick up the whole school and like move it to georgia or move Mm. it somewhere else besides here you know i still talk to a lot of them and now they're in high school and some of they're going to their senior year of high school some of them wow so they're like next year they're going in so they're like all preparing for and they're like talking to me and how stressed they are and i'm just Mm. like i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) so i remember when we visited you um you told us that you need to kind of pretend like you don't know korean mm-hmm. even though you're you're pretty you're pretty fluent in korean right well um, yeah now i am before i mean before i mean i think with like every kid who grows up in america they're like good at korean but they're not 
Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, just enough to get by. But like yeah. once, if they throw you in a Korean environment, you're like, <gasps> mm. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And then also, because I traveled for a year and I wasn't speaking Korean like at all, mm. um, I did lose a lot. And then I went to Korea and they were like, please don't speak Korean at all to mm. the students. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's better for me. Like, <laughs> That's way better yeah. for me. So I literally would, but sometimes I could understand. Like I remember the first couple of weeks, I was like teaching something, and one of the girls said in Korean, like, "Oh man, I can't see," and I like just moved. <laughs> and she was like, "I think she understood me," and I like <laughs> pretend like I was getting something. I'm like, "Oh, there's a pencil." <laughs> oh wow! So you you actually have to act like. To the students I that you acted know. like it. So like literally wow. at the end, after the two years that I was I was there, the same school for two years, the girls that I had taught for both like two years, they literally told me like, wow, teacher, I feel betrayed. Like <laughs> there were so many times that I was so frustrated because I couldn't express myself, mm. you know? And mm. I also thought they thought I was so smart because they'll be like, They'll be talking to each other. And they're like, hey, what's that word in English again? And I'm like walking by and I'm like, what What do you need help with? And they're like, oh, teacher. Uh, and they're like, sp- like using their broken English to explain it to me. And I'm like, oh, that's this word. Uh. And they're like, oh, wow. And they get, they get confident, you know, like, oh, I guess I must have you know explained it well so that right, she can understand right. me and wow cindy teacher is so smart she can understand me <laughs> like literally the kids would be like i think she's so smart and i'm like walking by and i'm like ha ha <laughs> pat yourself on the back yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. so then were you able to utilize a lot of what you learned in your your major education major to mm-hmm teach while you were in korea yeah so after i graduated georgia state i actually because i was so passionate in higher education meaning like working with college students and leadership Mm. i thought i wanted to go after i was done traveling for delta zeta i thought i wanted to go get my master's in higher education to work with student affairs and so i kind of like completely disconnected my brain from the education side of it Mm. and then when i went to korea i found my passion i was like oh my gosh i love teaching And I don't know if it's a teaching aspect that I love or being in front of people that I love or the Mm. interactions that I love. I have no idea. But I just love teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the school was very smart. And Mm. the school curriculum was way too easy for my students. So the school let me make my own curriculum. Wow. Yeah, so I made my own curriculum for two grades. And I taught that for two years. Wow, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, so you, not only not only did you get to flex your like teaching muscles, but even like the planning and curriculum yeah. building side, like everything wow. from worksheets, from uh, everything, all the materials. Yeah, I made it all. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. that's that's so cool. So mm-hmm. then, because so before I ask my next question, um, Korea is also the place where you met your now husband. Mm-hmm. You know, can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so before I went to Korea, everybody was like, you're going to you're going to find you're going to get married. And I was like, no, I was actually so annoyed at that because I'm like, I'm not going to Korea to find a man. I'm Mm -hmm. going to Korea to travel, to be adventurous. I want to eat weird stuff, like see weird things like I want to grow as a person. And then they were right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I will will 
proudly say I was one of those people saying, Cindy, you're definitely going to find but your husband. But everyone <laughs> was. Everyone. Literally everyone. Like mm-hmm. my friends, my college friends, my church friends, everyone was saying that. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> Um, but Chris and I met literally at the end, at the tail end of my uh, Korea experience. And mm. we met, I mean, the timing of it, we talk about it all the time. The timing of it, like, gave us boost, goosebumps because the timing mm. was just absolutely perfect in every way. And, like, God put him in our lives, into each other's lives at the most perfect time where we could have complement each other, be supportive towards each other. And, like, if, if it wasn't for Chris, I probably would have gone down a dark, dark spiral. Mm. Because this was a time when my dad passed away and we met, That's I want to say, five days before he passed away. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't tell him at first because we had been dating dating quote unquote for like five days yeah. you know and like that's some heavy stuff that you're gonna yeah. load on someone that who you just met but yeah. I was like this is what happened and from that moment on him and his family actually he told his parents and they just poured out all their love and everything they could have done to make me feel like I wasn't alone wow. because I was alone in Korea yeah. you know so he came every day by the subway train 40 minutes with like bags of food that his mom had made him you know for me to eat um so just timing was just just immaculate yeah wow that's that's so awesome and chris is like one of the nicest guys i've ever met he's so and you know you're right he does compliment you very well because Mm -hmm. i feel like he's a little bit I mean, at least compared to you, he's a little bit on the more uh, shyer side. But he does have that same kind of positive, mm-hmm. like, high-energy mm-hmm. vibe, you know? Yeah, um, liter- <laughs> like, my friends who met him, they'll be like, he's the girl version, uh, the boy version of you. And then yeah, his yeah. friends say, like, I'm the girl version of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's not always a good thing, you know? Because, you know, opposites attract. <laughs> no, but... Like I see you guys uh, like going out, uh, working out together. Um, you're yeah. you're very athletic, and he's he's a uh, he's very athletic as well, mm-hmm. from what I'm seeing. So mm-hmm. uh, that's really cool that you guys mm-hmm. have that kind of common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot in common. Mm. Um, our personal our personalities are similar in a lot of ways. Mm. So that's where we clash. <laughs> like we don't like we don't back down. I don't back down. Yeah. He doesn't back down. So I'm like. <laughs> So we have this thing when we if we fight we have to literally shake hands and say truce. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! Actually, yeah. that's super. That's really awesome. Wow. Yeah. So that's how we uh, handle our conflicts. <laughs> mm, wow. So I mean, the, me and Shirley, we're we're both kind of passive aggressive. The way that we end our fights is we let it kind of fizzle away, and then we just get over it. Like that's no, like, you don't we have, have to like call a, truce. Like we have yeah. to see a dead end. Like truce, yeah. and then yeah. it's fine. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So, wait, so um, so Chris, I mean, you guys are in Canada right now, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. a large part of that, I mean, well, a hundred percent of that is because Chris is from Canada, right? Yes. So, do do Chris's parents still live in Korea? Or? Yes. So oh. this was the crazy thing: is that Chris is like Korean, 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 mm-hmm. Korean. Mm-hmm. And grew up in Korea, born in Korea, everything. And mm-hmm. then um, when he was 22, he decided, 
I'm gonna YOLO. He moved to Australia for five years. That's where he learned how to play golf. And that that's comes right. into play later. And then he, and that's where he learned English as well. Mm. So when, you, when I first met him, I was very confused of like what he was. Cause he like, he'll be like, we'll meet at 7.30, eh? Like, I don't know. That was my attempt at Australian accent. Yeah. But like some words would be Australian. And then like, he'll say a at the end, which is Canadian. And I was like, yeah. What are you? <laughs> you know? um, but he lived there for five years, moved back to K- Korea for like a couple months or a, to a year, and then mm. moved to Canada to study professional golf management. Mm. And Canada is where he became a professional golfer. Mm. So he's a pro for CPGA, so Canada PGA. Um, so how we met was, that's why I say it's so crazy how we met, it's because he was visiting his parents for two weeks. And I wow. met him like three days after he landed. Wow! On the internet, if you're curious. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta ask Chris one day because from what you're telling me, you guys were dating for not even a week, um, and then he knew that he was gonna leave a, a week, another week after that. Mm-hmm. But you dropped the bomb mm-hmm. on him that your mm-hmm. father had just passed away. Mm-hmm. I feel like most guys would have just ran away. <laughs> exactly. And I gave him the option. I was like, I know this is a lot and I don't want you to feel bad for me that you're staying. Mm. Like, I'm okay. Mm. But I just need to know that this is something that's going on in my life. Wow. And he was like, no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100. Because he actually told me he wanted to like, three days into our third date, he told mm-hmm. me, this before I told him that my dad passed. Um, he was like, um... He basically said he wants to marry me. And I should, if I was a normal like girl, I'd be like, you're scary, get away from me, ah, yeah, yeah. run away. But I was mm. like, you don't know me, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we met within two, two weeks, a little over two weeks, mm. we like decided that we're gonna get married. Mm. Parents knew, like his, I met his parents, all super fast and then he went back to Canada mm-hmm. um, and then I went to Georgia I flew mm-hmm. out to Georgia and his parents drove me to the airport and they picked me up when I came back um, and then when I came back after my dad's funeral I basically had to pack up my apartment pack everything up because my contract was ending yeah. it was like February end of February so my school was like I know you've been through a lot you can go home early it's okay so I actually left Korea just a few days before my contract ended. And then mm. once I got to Georgia, Chris flew down, met my whole family, um, and then we got engaged two months later. Yeah. So, That's, yeah. What a amazing love story. Because <laughs> you both gave each other reasons to run away, mm-hmm. but you guys embraced it and mm-hmm. you guys were there for each other. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's I know. so awesome. I was like, long distance, ew. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, oh, I, I have sad news. And then, yeah. yeah. But it all worked out. So we actually were, we, our dating period is four months, mm-hmm. a little short, shy of four months. Mm-hmm. And our engagement period is like eight months. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Cause, and you guys spent a lot of that kind of apart from each other, mm-hmm. right? That whole eight, eight months was... Um, long distance which isn't bad compared to what other people have and we're in the same time zone so Mm. it was totally fine it was it was manageable 
So then, after you guys got married, you went to Canada. Yes. Right. So how has that been? Because I I see you. You're wearing like a sweater. Oh, that's. Sleep. I'm wearing a sweater right now because my house is cold. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But it's actually like 85 degrees outside. Oh wow! Yeah,、that's、the、surprising. summers are really. Like, when I first moved here, I moved here in January, and I had、uh-huh. never seen so much snow in my entire life, and I was like. Why are people driving? Why are people walking? Why are these kids going to school? Like, why is the world working? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I mean, it snows in Korea, but not like here.、Mm. And、um, that was a toughie. And then people were like, "Just wait until summertime. Just wait until summertime." And I was like, "I'm waiting." It didn't come until like July. <laughs> yeah, because I remember. I think I saw on your social media like there was like snow happening in May, May. or something like that.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Middle of May was still snowing here. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but the summers here are really nice. They're not humid like it is in、mm. Georgia or Korea.、Um, mm-hmm. It's just like nice. It's just nice outside. So every time it's nice, we try to go on picnics.、Mm-hmm. How has that been? I mean, because there's COVID nineteen going around. Yeah. So、it? we're in Ontario. We're in like the Toronto area, and、mm-hmm. the cases have gone down a lot. I believe、oh, it's only、good. at like the low one hundreds. Last time I checked, I don't check often because it gives me stress. Yeah, but it was、yeah. in the low one hundreds, like one twenty, one ten per day. We're still in phase two, phase one, phase two. I don't know. Our restaurants are not open except unless they have a patio. I see. Uh huh. Yeah. And then like nail、mm. salons and hair salons, those are slowly starting to open. But、mm. for the most part, everything's still pretty much down low. Um. Yeah.、And、are people、um, adhering to like social distancing at parks and things like that when you guys go out picnicking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, not really, because <laughs> <laughs> I can't really tell. Because like every time we go to the park, there's so many people out because the weather's、mm-hmm. so nice, and、yeah. they're all in big groups. So I'm like, are they family or are they friends? I'm not sure. <laughs> right, right. So,、um, yeah, but when you go to any of the stores, masks are required.、Um, they do、mm-hmm. have like social distancing stickers on the ground. Some people、mm-hmm. take it seriously. Like the other day, we went to the store and this lady stopped in the middle of the lane, so、mm-hmm. the line is backed up.、Mm-hmm. And one guy's like, "You guys are way too close, way too close," and we're like. Sorry, <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, everyone wears a mask. I know that's, that's a problem、good. in the states.、Um, yes. That's not a problem here. Everyone、wow. is wearing a mask.、Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's ma- yeah. yeah, it's mandated, so we have to. Yeah, America is、uh, crazy right now. But、yeah. um, so with、uh, you left Korea, right, and you were you were teaching there. So、mm-hmm. you're in Canada now. So I always wanted to ask you this: Does Because、um, when you teach in the states, right, you need some like certificates or、yes. you need like education, yes. Yes. right, that is behind、yes. you to do that, right?、Uh-huh. Is it transferable to Canada? No, actually, it's not. So、hmm. I was gonna look up teaching here because I、mm-hmm. was like, "Ooh, let me look at the benefits." Whoa, teachers make eighty k. Wow! Yeah, I was like,、mm, sign me up. <laughs>、yeah. So I'm like looking at all this up, and I'm like, just kidding, don't sign me up because it's so complicated.、Mm. Mm-hmm. They like, I mean, which makes sense because, but even if I were to go through all these loops to become a teacher here, yeah, I would ha- be on this waiting list 
they call their um, substitute teachers a supply teacher and you mm. have to, <laughs> I would have to be on that list and that supply teacher is like forever long and it's first come first serve who gets hired wow. and teachers are not really leaving their jobs I mean why would they yeah, yeah you know so there's not that many teaching jobs and I would have to go to their teacher college again and I don't want to go uh, back to school for education right so yeah yeah but but you're still well not maybe not in like the school sphere but you're still teaching right yes so i do have my own private tutoring thing Uh (laughs) firm if i want to sound fancy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i provide private one-on-one sometimes group tutoring to Mm -hmm. um mostly korean canadian students so they're born here they just need some extra help with like math or science whatever it is Mm -hmm. um and then I have a few, like, international students who I teach English to. Oh, so like international as in they came from somewhere else to Canada? They, yeah, so they came from Korea and they mm. can't really speak English well, so they need help with that. So mm. because my undergrad was early childhood and special ed, and then my master's, which I did in Korea, um, yeah, that I had to do because I that was the only thing that my dad was going to let me stay in Korea for. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait yeah, so th- what school did you go to framingham state university it's located at the schools in massachusetts but they sent professors over with they partnered with a korean university so they flew professors over wow yeah cool. to this korean university so um it was super high high stress um mm. fast-paced program but it was worth it my dad was like all right after a year you have to come home now like you've yellowed for two years now like you were a <laughs> consultant now you're in korea you got to come yeah. home and i was like but i found this graduate program he's like all right fine <laughs> <laughs> so um i got my master's in teaching english as a second language so all wow. of that i'm able to use now because mm. i have elementary school students who need help with math science just regular grammar and then i have like esl kids who i can teach english to so hmm. god really equipped me with my professional career <laughs> yeah sounds like yeah. it and what is your um tutoring firm called cnc education <laughs> cnc so i wanted to ask you mm-hmm. is it, i'm assuming one of the c's stands for cindy uh-huh <laughs> the second c is it chris or is it Cristiano? Like is it? It's Christian Chris. Or it's not Christian. Okay, okay. I know. I was like literally thinking of a name and like, what should I do? Like, cause we have a friend here who owns like her own like optic opt optic glasses store. Optometry. Yes. Is that optometry? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and she calls it J Vision, and the J stands for Jesus. And I was like, wow, that is so, like, holy of you, so faithful of you. And I was like, I want something like that. Uh JC education, Jesus Christ education. Uh Well, that sounds kind of weird. What should I do? I literally was thinking about it for so long. And then I was like, you know what? C&C, Cindy and Chris. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh that's that. Yeah. And it's it's really cool because I see you doing stuff on Instagram where you post little, like, tidbits Mm -hmm. on, like, like educational things or like uh-huh. little yeah, like activities for people to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when I was in Korea, I got a taste of make what making your own curriculum feels like, mm. and I loved it. 
so right now that's what I do. I make every child has a different curriculum because mm. it's based on their level and what their needs are. So I love testing them and. Most ESL kids, I can tell their English level in within the first like minute or two,、mm. based on how they answer their questions and whatnot.、Mm. And it's just so fun,、mm. and I get to teach so many different things. And I get to do like reading comprehensions. I get to pick whatever topic I want. Writing prompts, I can come up with the questions. Like everything is just in my like in my control.、Mm. So I love that. Wow, that's awesome. Do you ever feel like、uh, you might make your way back? To Georgia, yes, that is our end、uh, end destination. Oh wow!、Mm-hmm. So then, then、uh, I know we kind of glossed over, but I want to ask you about Chris's kind of professional career because you said he is、yes. part of the C. Is it CPG? CPGA. Okay, CPGA. Yeah. Yes. So he's a he's a pro golfer, which、mm-hmm. is how is it how is that like being married to a pro golfer? Uh, normal. <laughs> Well,、um, so I, he, I, I, so he actually doesn't go on tour like you're thinking of, like Tiger Woods、oh, and stuff.、Okay. So he can,、mm-hmm. eventually he wants to. I mean, that's like his dream to be able、mm-hmm. to. But to go on tour, just like any professional athlete, takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication, and、right. like that's your like you gotta be sponsored by something, so you're getting like some type of income.、Mm-hmm. Um, so and Chris. Became pro kind of like most people who are in that like Tiger Woods level. It's from when they're little, you know. And he started golf later on, and he's、right. actually a golf coach.、Mm. Yeah, so he works for a company called Golf Tech, and it's an、mm. American company actually. And there, there's like three in Georgia, like、oh. Sandy Springs, Roswell, and Buckhead.、Mm-hmm. Mm. And they use that technology, and they.、Um, Like do swing evaluations and club fitting, so he's a pro golfer there, a pro、cool. coach there,、mm. and、um, because he works for an American company, like that gives us that gives me assurance for when we move to Georgia. I already know there's locations there if he wanted to transfer,、mm. if he、yeah. wanted to continue doing this. Right, right. You know, so and I'm I'm assuming because、uh, your Instagram is really funny because there's a lot of videos of. Chris making you do workouts and, and,、yeah. and things、yeah. like that, and it's because he's a pro golfer, right? He、mm-hmm. has to stay in shape,、mm-hmm. um, so he and he obviously wants you to stay in shape. So、mm-hmm. he's so.、Um, I mean, that, that's one kind of unique part of being married to a pro golfer, right? The fact that you guys are very、um, health oriented, health minded. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a huge plus because. Before we were even dating, we were both active, and we have、mm-hmm. a very healthy lifestyle. Like we're like you would think that we're like seventy-year-old grandma and grandpas. Like the things that we eat,、um, our sleeping schedule. We sleep at like nine thirty, wake up at like seven, the latest. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we have a very、um, old-fashioned lifestyle, and that's how I've always been. That's how he's always been.、Mm. So none of us had to like change our schedule. Because can you imagine going from like eating junk food all the time to like sleeping at three a.m., waking up at three next day to like、yeah. this kind of lifestyle? That would be a hard adjustment. Yeah. But we actually、sure. just fit right in. So.、Mm. Wow. So.、Um... The health health part of it is is like that. He's a、uh, teach or he's coaching at Golf Tech is is、mm-hmm, what you said,、mm-hmm, right?、Mm-hmm. 
So the groundwork for you to come back to Georgia is kind of all laid out, right? Yeah, it's just I still got that YOLO heart, uh-huh. that travel bug. And yeah. like, actually, next year, our visa for Canada ends because we're both on a visa. We're not like permanent residents or citizens oh. or anything like that. We're on visas uh-huh. and it uh-huh. ends next summer. And we're actually that's our prayer request right now. Like, where should we go next? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come back to Georgia? Well, because this is my thing. Georgia is like home. That is the final destination. After that, like, we got to do, like, real adult stuff. Like, we got to buy a house. I'm probably going to get a van. Like, you know, Uh like, I don't want that yet. Mm. (laughs) So part of me is very selfish in that sense that I still want to travel some more. Like, I want to learn more. I still want to go back to school and and study more before Mm. I, like, completely settle down. Mm. So, you, then is your tutoring? Do you mostly do that in person or like via Zoom? Or so before it was all in person, but now it's all Zoom. So I could literally be everywhere. And actually, right. it's funny because a lot of my students—well, actually, not a lot. Two of my students are in Korea because they like flew out there. One of them mm-hmm. moved there, but I still teach her. Mm-hmm. And then one of them flew out there when this whole thing happened because mm-hmm. she went to go visit her family. And I. So I teach Korea time. Wow. I teach Korea and Canada time. So my my teaching schedule is very sporadic throughout the day. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then, then you really don't have a reason to have to come to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Because you you can kind of make your income wherever you need to virtually, mm-hmm. and then Chris can kind of go wherever there's a golf existence right yeah which is everywhere (laughs) exactly exactly yeah so we were even thinking about going back to korea oh okay because i could teach there Mm -hmm. i could teach at an international school or i could do my own tutoring thing just like i am now Mm. and he could teach golf there and he could teach in korean and english he can teach golf while teaching english yeah so (laughs) That's a double win right there. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're thinking about Korea also because um, I don't know about you, but for me, my grandparents when growing up were just like these people in the phone. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't see that often and you just, you answer, like on their birthday or every holiday, they, you talk to them for about five minutes and it's always the same question, like, how's school? Are you eating well? Like, listen to your mother and father, you yeah. know? Like, so that's, my that was my relationship with my parents cuz i mean my grandparents cuz they were all in korea and yeah. then i got a relationship with them once i moved to korea and i don't want that for my future children mm-hmm. so that's also another reason that i want to go to korea because you know chris and i want to start having children soon in the near future and mm-hmm. i want them to have a relationship with chris's parents i see cuz they're awesome yeah. i love them so much and um, yeah. yeah i really want i don't want them to be Become a person in a box, aka right. iPhone. You know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that that is tough because mm-hmm. my brother lives in Korea. Yeah, and his kids only get to see my parents really through like FaceTime. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see. Wow. So, mm-hmm. uh, your your life was quite an adventure. Um, <laughs> even when you were three, you were running around uh, exploring, <laughs> and you're still exploring. You're still mm-hmm. out. Um, wanting to experience new things. Um, so, but before we wrap up, I, I want to ask you if there were, if like, 
the number one thing that you've kind of learned um, in life, just exploring and experiencing new things? Like, if, if you could go back and teach that lesson to yourself, um, what would it be? I think mainly it's to trust God. I think in, in, when I was younger, I was really doubtful and I wanted to do it my way. I guess it's got to be my way and the way that I like it <laughs> and how I want to do it like that. And I yeah. don't, I, I would say like, oh yeah, like God's got this. Like, yeah, but did I truly, really believe that and allow that to take action? No, I tried. Mm. I, like I said earlier, I like being in control. Like I like being in control of these curriculums. I just like being in control. That's just my personality. So yeah. I think um, as I grew up though, um, it, this is like within the last two years, I've come to a realization like, oh my gosh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because my life sounds so adventurous and like, wow, so cool, but there was really some hard times yeah. that, you know, formed who I am today. And um, I think within the last two years, I looked back on my life and I was like, oh my gosh, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God and His plan for me, I would not be here today as the same person. I could mm. be crazy person or something or like i could be homeless or i could you know i could have gone a different route in my life i could still be single oh my gosh <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. so um i think truly like the good the bad and the ugly just give it all to god and let him take care of it which is really hard i'm still trying to like let go and sometimes i let go and then sometimes my hand you know my just gets really tight and i'm just holding on and then i gotta yeah. let go <laughs> so yeah. Wow, that's that's really, really wise advice. I love that. I love Thanks. that so much. Um, so yeah, we're we're at the hour mark. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any last words, any last thoughts that you, you wanted to talk about? Or no, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I feel no. I feel I feel cool. <laughs> no, you are cool. <laughs> no. I was actually really uh, yeah really honored that that you agreed to do this. Yeah, right. When you asked me, remember, I was like me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, thank you so much for walking us through your life. Um, I, there's so much in there that I think we can all, as listeners, get inspiration from and be, be motivated by. Oh, um, I hope so, so. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, I will be praying for you. Uh, thank I, I you. I really want you guys to move back to Georgia soon. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because like I said, Chris is such a nice guy. I want to get to know him better yeah. and hang out with him. Yeah, teach you <laughs> so, golf. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I know nothing about golf. I... <laughs> I don't even know what the clubs... Like well, the me neither. Clubs it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for your time. Mm -hmm. And um, guys, listeners, if you have any questions or if you have any feedback, please feel free to email me at ishthdpodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at I, I hope they hear this, or on Twitter at ishthdpodcast. And any questions or anything you want to relay on to Cindy, I will gladly uh, forward those messages. So... Yeah, anything you want to talk to me or Cindy about, please, please let us know. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>